0: Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Waveform Podcast, and this is a bonus episode. This is the full uncut interview conversation with Mark Zuckerberg from the Talking Tech series. So the Talking Tech video that's on the channel is, of course, cut a little bit for time. It's cut for YouTube the way they usually are, but this is something I kind of thought about when we were starting the podcast in the first place, is to have a place for these completely unedited conversations to be. So there is still the YouTube version that's up on the channel, but uh, I figured you guys wanted to hear everything that was talked about. So there's a little extra about folding phones, a little extra about his job at Facebook, and Oculus and Instagram. So for all of that chat, buckle up. Let's get into it.
1: All right, Mark, what's up, man? It's good. How are, how are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I'm good. Uh, so for the Talking Tech series, I think uh, we always start by an introduction. I don't know if you need an introduction to this audience, but I think people know you as the co-founder of Facebook, the face of Facebook, but I'll let you introduce yourself. What's your What's your role every day and what is that like for you?
1: Yeah, well, I I, uh, I guess I started the company and I've, I've been running it for the last 16 years. And you know, we're, the goal that we have is just to you know give people a lot of different tools to be able to express themselves in all the ways that they want and connect with all the people that they that they want to. Um, so that varies from you know the the set of apps that you might have on your phone to some more far-reaching uh, advanced technologies like the work that we're doing in virtual and augmented reality, which um, is is personally one of the things that makes me the most excited. We have these announcements um, coming out at, at Facebook Connect um, about some of the new work that we're doing. So it's um, you know I, I think you know my job is pretty varied. You know I never really know when I wake up in the morning what um, you know what is going to be thrown at me that day. But um, uh, but but overall it's a it's a really interesting mix of of intellectual problems and. <laughs> Um, you know I, I just I'm grateful to get the chance to to build stuff that so many people around the world love and, and use every day
0: yeah that's really interesting actually do you do you split your time on the regular between Facebook, Instagram, uh, oculus, WhatsApp or is it sort of every day has a little bit of everything?
1: Yeah it, I, I definitely split my time a bit more because there are just so many pieces at this point that if I were trying to tune into everything every day then, it would just be too much context switching. so as a matter of fact, what I try to do is like have a theme for a week and you know maybe, usually I can't get away with just one theme, but and I'll try to do two or three things in a week and have most of my time be focused on on kind of nailing that and doing a good job at that and then of course different things come up. I'm talking to people throughout the day but you know we have really good people running each of the apps. Uh, Boz runs Facebook Reality Labs, which is the the group that's in charge of the, the VR and AR work. Um, so it's um, it's it's a good team of of a lot of really talented people from, from a lot of different uh, backgrounds who who kind of you know works well as a team and, and that, that allows me to focus on on you know some of the stuff that I think is the most important and and whatever is coming up that 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 um that I need to deal with.
0: Gotcha. So I think one of the most uh, interesting parts of the talking tech series when I get to speak to people is everyone has a unique perspective on tech in some way. And obviously you being at the head of a very important company like Oculus, that's what I'm most interested in because at the head of it, you kind of have to have some sort of a vision for what you think the future of it is, which is, I guess, hard for me to wrap my head around. But can you talk a little bit about Oculus now? Like the Oculus Quest 2, by the time this comes out, will be the newest, latest, and greatest. But what, what does that future roadmap for a company like Oculus look like?
1: Yeah, so if you look at the kind of broad history of technology, we get these new major technology platforms every 15 years or so. And each one delivers a more immersive experience and allows us to communicate with the people and, and businesses and things that we care about around the world with, with just higher fidelity. And when I look at what we have today you know, on our phones, um, you know, phones are pretty amazing, right? It's a, You have this like incredibly powerful computer in your pocket, but it's not the end of the line, right? And there's all these things that I think are not uh, that good about it, right? It pulls you away from um, from the world around you. Um, it's, it's anything but immersive, right? It's a small screen. So the question that I've been asking is, you know, what's the next uh, wave of technology and what's the next platform gonna be and what's that gonna deliver for how we all connect? And for me, the essence of virtual and augmented reality is that you need to have a technology that delivers this feeling of presence right the sense that you're actually right there with another person and all the different sensations um, that come with that normally right not just seeing someone on a screen but you know having the spatial audio so it, it, it sounds like if someone's standing over there the audio is coming from there um, having it so that you can you can kind of you know if you're interacting with them and you have an object you can pass them the object right and it, it's kind of real time and there's no latency, you know, our, our eyes yeah. um, refresh every five or 10 milliseconds. So, you know, having it that you can have this whole 3D world and what other people are doing render um, in, in, in real time faster than that. So it just feels real. Um, I think that that's different, right? In every other type of technology platform that we've had, you know, game consoles, on TVs, computers, you kind of, you get some pretty amazing software, but you're basically trying to convince your brain the whole time, um, that you're in a, a different context than you actually are when you're really just kind of sitting on your couch or your desk. VR and AR are the first platform where it really just convinces your system that you're in a different place. You almost have to have to try to um, convince yourself to snap out of the reality sometimes and realize, hey, this actually isn't real. I'm, I'm, I'm in a different physical place. But that's pretty powerful. Yeah. So there's a long line of technology that we need to develop to fully deliver that sense of presence. But I think that that's really what we're in the business of doing with the Oculus virtual reality product lines and with the augmented reality glasses that, we'll, um, that we're working on over the coming years. Um, is just how do we deliver that sense of presence and connection for people?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that I like that train of thinking. My a question I get asked a lot in my interviews or various places that I get asked this is like. I do video now on YouTube and and my goal is always to make the highest quality video possible. So like I can put a product in front of you and it looks as realistic as possible, almost like you're holding yourself, but what's the next version of that, maybe the next version of tech reviews 10 years into the future after it's YouTube videos. And my natural answer has been, I think VR makes the most sense. If I could literally kind of like put you in my shoes. Then you'll feel like you're in the car that I'm driving or holding the phone that I'm holding. Is that a dumb answer? Have I been giving a good answer this whole time?
1: I certainly agree with that. But you know, I mean, our company is probably investing the most in virtual and augmented reality of anyone else in the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would hope that 10 years from now or five years from now, you know, people will have a you know relatively sleek pair of goggles that they can put on. Um, and basically transport into your studio where you are. And instead of just holding up the phone in front of you like you just did, um, they could grab it, that you can hand it to them and they can, they can play with it and, and, and kind of um, experience that themselves. Um, or maybe the lighter weight version of that would be augmented reality, which you know, I, I think you're still gonna you know, have to go into a, some kind of different mode um, to wanna put on sunglasses or goggles and have that fully immersive virtual experience. For virtual reality, but I think augmented reality. Once that hits, and you have a a normal pair of glasses that um, you know, good looking, kind of normal glasses, not not anything that's that's super thick or anything like that, and that can last all day long, but can project holograms into the world. Um, then you'll be able to do a version of your show where your um you know your hologram can just show up on my couch right here, um, and you can hand me the phone, and I can and I can t- kind of take the phone as a hologram and play with it like that. Um, you know, I mean one one kind of yeah. trippy thing that I think about. That's further out. Is once we have really good, mature um, AR glasses, we won't even necessarily need other kinds of screens anymore, right? Things like TVs, um, you know, it's uh, tablets. All these things could just be digital holograms, um, and could be apps that you know some kid uh, halfway across the world in some other place makes, and you'll be able to get completely um, kind of new designs for things like. Like TVs in in kind of different kinds of shapes that are not like the regular thing that that you know Samsung can make in their factory, and I think that there's just going to be a, a crazy amount of um, creativity that gets unlocked and a lot of innovation when when a lot of stuff that physically today has to be produced in a factory, which you know, obviously most people don't have access to to doing that, um, can just get turned into an app that can be a hologram that you can give to someone. I, I think that that's going to be wild. So I'm really excited about, it and that's why that's why we're we're just so focused on this, and we have you know, thousands of people working on this at Facebook, because I, I just do think that this is going to be the next major computing platform, even if it takes, you know, several years to get there.
0: Right. And so you so do you see like a world maybe where where screens or displays are sort of a past where you literally can project with AR if the tech is good enough, you can just hold like a, a rock or whatever, it's like a, a very simple, inexpensive object. And with your AR, turn it into a, a, a screen, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you'll definitely be able to, you know, have your, your, your AR glasses and kind of scan an object and get kind of a hologram version of it. And, and kind of it's, you know, I mean, the real thing will always have somewhat amount of more fidelity than you'll be able to get with, um, with, with augmented. I mean, like haptics are are one area where, you know, you want to feel something, you pick up a rock or an object and it it kind of has more weight. That's kind of hard to model, but I do think we're going to get other senses, um, through augmented and virtual reality that may not be possible in the physical world. So let's say, for example, okay, I'm like I'm kind of feeling around on my desk, and my my hand is getting close to a water bottle. Where today you don't feel the water bottle until you touch it, but it's possible in AR or VR that we can provide some kind of sense. So as you start getting close to an object, you start feeling some kind of resistance or or kind of or or some sense that you're you're near something, um, which of course is how some other animals, um, hmm. you know, navigate the world through. Um, Sonar and different things like that, getting a sense of different. uh, So, I think it's going to be pretty wild. I think a lot of new things are going to be possible. Um, It's not that it's going to replace all physical things. Of course not. A lot of things you still need to be physical. But, you know, a lot of different types of media, books, games, different things that people have, TVs, um, it's not actually clear that in the future those all need to be physical objects anymore. I think a lot of them, um, you know, if you're sitting next to me, your hologram is here with me, you know, and maybe. Maybe um, another friend is kind of uh, sitting next to you on the couch hologrammed in from somewhere else and we want to play a game of cards and I can just kind of snap and here's a virtual deck of cards and I can like hand them out, right? It's like, I, I just think that yeah. that's going to be pretty wild. Um, yeah. So it's, um, you know, one way that I think about this is like, you know, one superpower that I kind of felt like Spotify gave us, was the ability to get access to the mm-hmm. whole back catalog of music anywhere you go, right? It's like I used to have my CDs or whatever, and it's like you had your, the music that you liked, but now you can get access to everything. And I think with, with AR and VR, it's almost like you're gonna be able to get access to kind of the whole catalog of objects in the world just instantly. You'll be able to kind of snap your, figure, your fingers and get okay, a deck of cards, like a board game, whatever it is that you wanna bring in um, and kind of have that there. I think that that's gonna be really powerful, but there's obviously a lot more technology yeah. that we need to develop before we can get there.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, see, this is why it was a good idea to talk to you, because I'm not, I'm, I'm not thinking this far into the future, and now I'm like, okay, you got to address all of your senses, you know, your sense of, of sight, your sense of hearing, but also you can introduce new senses, which is kind of crazy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify And that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. But here's a question I've been wondering about, it could go with AR or VR. Um, What do you think is more important for people to adopt this tech? Uh, The actual quality of the tech and the experience itself, or the the minimalization of the form factor because I'm thinking you mentioned earlier like the glasses maybe having like a thicker rim but not too thick and and being relatively unob- unobstructive is that as important or do you which which do you focus on first
1: well I think it's a little different between virtual and augmented reality for virtual reality okay. because a lot of people you know you're doing it at home or you're kind of doing it in an area where you're um where it's it's kind of reasonable to be fully immersive um you know the way it looks is not I think the biggest factor, right? I think if, if if we were talking about people walking down the street wearing a VR headset, I think that would be a different situation, but that kind of doesn't work. You don't want to be fully immersed, right, in, in some other world where you're walking down the street. That's where augmented reality comes in. So for VR, I think there are all these reasons why you want to get it smaller, right? You want to make it more portable. Um, of course, you want it to be more comfortable, the lighter it is, the the... the kind of the more comfortable it's going to be for people to use. And, and of course, anything that people are going to use, you want to be cool, right? You want it to look cool, right? It's, I mean, you care about how the headphones yeah. that you're using look, right? It's like, you, it's, you know, you probably like the design of them, right? So it's something that that matters um, and that's something that we work on. For AR, I think there's going to be a completely new threshold, um, you know, if, because that's meant to be worn and, and you're interacting with the world around you and just bringing holograms into the world that I think has a very high bar for kind of aesthetics and um, and, and feeling like um, it's a normal pair of glasses. So you know, it's if, if you think about the range of glasses on that, from you know really thin rimmed glasses to pretty thick rimmed glasses. I don't know if we can cram all the electronics into a very thin rimmed glasses anytime soon. But the goal mm. is going to be to try to get all the electronics and things that we need to produce that into kind of a normal thick rimmed pair of glasses. I think that that matters. But then in the meantime. Mm. For virtual reality, um, you know, we just want to get it as light as possible. So for Quest 2, the goal, um, you know, we, we we got it 10% lighter than Quest 1, right? We shaved off um, about 60 grams, and we made it so that it's it's not just lighter; it's also smaller, right? So it, um, you know, it's um, the, the the headset piece is smaller, but it also the strap is a soft strap instead of the hard strap, um, yeah. which when you when it was a little heavier, you kind of needed a hard strap in order to um, make it so that the weight distribution worked on your head and that the harder strap could, could kind of support that. But now that it's lighter, we, we crossed a threshold where you can get the soft strap. And then that has a double benefit because now the soft strap makes it a lot smaller. So I can just you know chuck it in my backpack when I'm on the go a lot more easily and it makes it a lot more portable so it's functional. So I think that that kind of thing really matters. Um, and we're yeah, definitely yeah. gonna continue focusing on um, just smaller, um, Faster processors, better screens, until you get down to the Retina displays, um, and um, and more affordable. I think mean, that's, I mean, that's another dimension that you um, that we haven't talked about is, you know, if we want to make this so that it's something that, um, you know, a, a really key thing about building social platforms is, um, you know, they're not single-player games for the most part, right? If you're if you're trying to interact with someone, they also need to be able to have that device, and an important part of making yeah. that work is having it be affordable. So you know, one of the things that we're really proud of with Quest 2 is in addition to all these innovations, right, making it lighter and faster and and kind of working on on a whole new chip architecture and getting the screen to be a lot sharper with 50% more pixels, um, we also were able to lower the price from 399 to 299, which I just think is gonna make it possible for a lot more people to access that and get into VR. And
0: that's something that I'm really excited about. That's a good point. Um, Also, When I when I whenever I think about AR, I think my brain naturally goes back to remembering Google Glass back in the day, and I'm I'm curious when you're thinking about the future of what you want AR to look like. Do you ever look back at the past? Like, was was Google Glass ahead of its time?
1: Well, I think that the idea that you're going to want to have some information and context there, um, I think it makes sense to work on that. But and I think that we'll see other types of glasses come out. I'd imagine. You know, I, I don't know what Apple and others are working on, but you know, there's there's one version that the tech can take, which um, which I think you can kind of put, you can kind of think of as like a smartwatch on your face, right? So it's like, what do you use your smartwatch for? You know, notifications, um, you know, maybe some information, and maybe you could have that in the corner of your eye. Um, would that be interesting? Yeah, I think that there some people might like that. That's not personally the thing that I'm super excited about building. Um, for a number of reasons, one is I come at this from the perspective of how do we connect people better. So you know, having some some kind of uh, information in the corner of your eye is a different is is just not as powerful from my perspective as being able to have like hologram Marquez here with me um, and and being able to like to to interact and and kind of share objects or or play a game physically together. Um, that I think is just like a completely different value proposition that's going to be harder to build, um, but I think is worth waiting for. Um, to, to, to get to that. So I think you'll kind of see different things. Google Glass was sort of an early take on the kind of smart watch on the face type of thing and um, I don't know, I'm sure others will try that too. That's um, you know that's not the main thing that we're that we're focused on trying to build. Gotcha.
0: I love it. So I have a have a little bit of a rapid fire, little little this or that questions and uh, we'll see what you think. Okay. Uh, algorithmic or chronological? Ooh, well, I mean, I feel
1: like I'm kind of the algorithmic guy. So um, (laughs) so it's, I mean, look, there's there's a place for both. What we've found is that the vast majority of people um, prefer algorithmic because at the end of the day, there's just, you know, your friends post too much stuff and the pages you follow, um, the accounts you follow on Instagram, there's too much stuff. Um, And at the end of the day, if your cousin or someone you know, if they have a baby or some milestone happens, it's like, you, you just kind of expect that you're going to see that. And people get upset when, when they miss that because, you know, it was 40 posts down because it was in chronological order. So I think the ranking um, is more valuable. Um, the other thing that we just found is that when we made the whole thing chronological, it, it basically encouraged people to spam, right? Because a lot of pages were like, oh, I could get to the top by, by just posting stuff really, really um, frequently, which... So I kind of think like having an option to see see things chronological in a world where most pages expect that their content is going to have to be ranked and therefore has to be good content um, is a valuable, is kind of a good balance. But having it go all chronological, I think kind of produces
0: some bad effects. Got it. I feel like that's the the level-headed algorithmic answer. I prefer good algorithmic to, to chronological. Uh, favorite non-Facebook app? Um, well, I mean, these days... I'm in
1: purple air a lot, but I don't know if that's um, that's good. I mean, that's that's because of the the California wildfires. It's the air, co- air oh, quality app. It's I, I think they gotcha. uh, they built this whole network of. It's actually really cool how um, um you know, have these devices and people can put them out and outside their homes and then they they kind of all get aggregated, um, in the cloud and you can look at a map of how the air quality is everywhere. Um, so I've, I've I've certainly been using that a lot. Um, yeah, I mentioned Spotify earlier. I, I I probably spend more time in Spotify than almost any other app. I, I like music a lot. Um, I think Daniel is a, a great entrepreneur and a, and a and a good person. Um, and it's it's a good company, and I think they've just done a great job with their work.
0: Big fan of Spotify.
1: Uh, all right,
0: phone in your pocket right now.
1: Um, you know I've been using Samsung phones for a few years, and and I'm I'm a mm. big fan of them. And you know I think I think that they build great phones. Um, I, yeah. I, I like Android. Um, I also just think, you know, as someone who's building a company where you know billions of people around the world use um, our products, you know, most of them use Android phones. So I think it's um, pretty good for for me and for the management team of the company to um, have exposure to to using different Android phones instead of all just having iPhones, which you know a lot of it yeah. would probably be the default for for a lot of folks.
0: Interesting. That's a good answer. Speaking of Samsung phones, uh, folding phones do you think folding phones have a real future?
1: Well, I think it's interesting. Um, It's an exciting innovation, and I think um, I've played around with one, um, the the Samsung Fold for a bit, and I I liked it. I I do think we will need to get to the point where they're a bit thinner um, before they get very wide adoption. But um, the other thing that I think is interesting are the clamshell phones, because You know, I mean, I always just think about this stuff from the perspective of connecting and communicating and, you know, it's, there's a ton of video chat happening now, especially with COVID and, you know, people needing to connect and not being able to, um, you know, see other people in person and, you know, just holding a, you know, you can do it on your computer, but holding Mm -hmm. a phone in front of you for a long period of time um, can get sort of tiring and a lot of people do it. I mean, way more people do kind of phone video chat than, than have, you know, video chat calls or anything like that. Um, by, by quite a large margin. Um, but having a clamshell phone where you can basically easily seat it down on, on a table and kind of fold it over so that way the camera is pointing at you and you can kind of see the, the video in the top half of the phone screen I think is um, could be pretty neat. So I mean, I guess you could do that with the with the sideways folding ones too. Um, yeah. But I think there's something to this. I think it, in the V1 devices, I'm not sure if they've quite cracked exactly the form factor yet, but... Um, but I bet that there's something there
0: Yeah, that's what I keep saying generation one is everyone feeling it out figuring out what angle they want to come from Generation two is where it gets interesting because they can narrow in on what worked well So I'm sure they'll take your your feedback as well if you give if you offer it to them uh, Last one craft hickory smoked barbecue or sweet baby rays.
1: I mean is that even a question? It's uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, mean I, I think it's it's well known in on the internet that I am a, a sweet baby rays fan um, fair. I, you know, I, I, I like barbecuing, um, and I guess I guess I'm a Sweet Baby Ray's
0: fanboy. That's fair. Fair to say. Mark, thanks for joining me. I appreciate the time. I know you're a busy guy, so taking the the minutes uh, to spend with me was uh, appreciated. And hopefully, uh, I'll I'll take all this this new knowledge about the future of VR and AR with me. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. See ya. So that's it. That's Talking Tech with Mark Zuckerberg. Hopefully we can call it a part one. We would love to get to do it again sometime. There's a ton of topics we always want to talk about with people like that. But otherwise, back to the Regular Scheduled Podcast on Friday. See you guys there.